that's really a big a big point with uh, with these uh, large language models or foundational language models like ChatGPT. Yeah, so they are trained on on let's say very general knowledge that is out there and um, with every data that goes in uh, all the biases go in with this data today we'll be talking about ai in hiring and what kind of tools we're using and um, maybe that take over some of our tasks but also that help us uh, to brainstorm um, during uh, all the hiring that we're doing um, i always think recruitment is uh, so many steps you need to follow to make one hire right what are the parts that we can automate? What are the parts that are not able to automate? So it would be really exciting uh, to hear from our speakers today, um, their thoughts, their experiences as well, uh, both coming from totally different backgrounds. But I will leave it to them to introduce themselves in a second. You might think, why is the third speaker? You've been seeing that correctly because the third speaker, Martin, has unfortunately uh, had to cancel the event, uh, which is a, uh, it's a shame because uh, also there were loads of in-depth insights there, but we'll, we'll do a follow-up session uh, with him as well in there or uh, ask him some questions that we'll be posting on our blog as well. Funny insight maybe to share. We got loads of uh, good feedback on the title that we have. And it's actually an AI chat GPT that came up with the title as well when Gabi, our marketing manager was um, bouncing off some ideas. So AI, oh my, it, it is a really funny uh, way and attracted some attention and it also comes from an AI. So, and then I also want to uh, explain a bit more about Accelerate is the company behind Talking Talent um, as well. So we started at Talking Talent actually five years ago because we realized that all our recruiters that are working on companies on a daily basis, they learn so much uh, around how to hire talent, how to grow talent. Uh, and so, and we wanted to not only have these conversations within our company, but we also wanted to give back to the community and, and actually build that community by giving them a, a place to, to talk about all kind of talent related topics, um, to bring speakers forward in webinars that are not only speaking about it, but actually are doing, uh, doing the hard work on a daily basis. It can really uh, prevent you from making some of the mistakes they made or even inspire you to, uh, to, to grow your business in, in a way where talent is really at the core, which uh, is still the most important part of a business to, to succeed. So that's how Talking Talent came to be. We do webinars, we uh, have discussions and polls on our Talking Talent platform as well. If you haven't signed up yet, uh, go to talkingtalent.com and, and, and sign up now uh, to take part in these discussions as well. Um, that is also all featured and also um, supported by Accelerate behind it. And Accelerate is a recruitment company based in Berlin, London, and Lisbon at the moment. We're helping all kinds of startups and skill-ups uh, with getting their teams on board. Uh, we do that through diff three different services. So embedded full-site recruiters that join your team uh, with our embedded service. Uh, we have a sourcing service called Connect where um, we take care of like filling your pipelines with candidates as well. Um, and we have also an executive search line where uh, we hire the new leaders and the CEOs and, and even up to founders as well for startups. So in case you have any any hiring needs, please come come to myself and, and um, yeah, um, share your needs. Um, we have been working with a few of the ventures that Anna Altware worked with. We're trying to work with Florian and get him on board as, as one of our clients, but he is also the founder of an AI tool and he tries to get us on board as his client. So that's a nice um, nice way of how we're, how we're interacting here. Uh, but let's focus on the on the topic and um, we're going to start with a quick icebreaker. Then we do an introduction of the speakers. We go into the panel um, with three three questions and, and a bonus question. Then there's room for the Q&A. Uh, please share any questions you have throughout the event on the Q&A channel and then you can also upvote them. So then uh, I can pick the, the most uh, pending ones. 
And then in the end, we'll do some networking on, on our platform and talking talent as well. Um, cool. So let's start with an introduction of the, the panelists. Um, I'm going to let them do that themselves uh, because they, they best know where they come from and where they're going and also why they're here uh, today. So Anna, over to you. So my name is Anna. I'm based in Berlin. I have been working in HR for a very long time. It's technically 23 years now. Um, I'm a very old. This is a very good Zoom filter. I'm very old. Um, I have always worked in and around startups and tech companies, somehow around HR and recruitment. So this is my spike technically as a professional. I currently work for a venture capital firm that's called HV Capital. Uh, it's a very German VC from its um, focus where the portfolio company resides. So most of the companies are German tech startups in early and uh, late stages. Some of them are bespoke consumer companies. I spare you the names, but you, you might know some or have used them as consumers. Um, there's many of them. My role is that I have all of those portfolio companies on anything talent. Given the last two and a half-ish years, you said the C word, Isabel, yourself, there's a lot of non-HR things that I'm also working with the teams on. So anything mental health, um, getting people out of war zones, uh, refugees, and all those things is also what is part of my, my work. Um, so I look at anything talent in startups very holistically, and I'm quite obsessed currently with ChatGPT, but I guess we'll get to that in a minute. I'll let Florian... Nice. Say something and, about and himself Anna, first. And Anna, what was your dream job then uh, when you grew up? Uh, was it what you're doing now or totally different? So job? I misread the question. I thought you were asking about what my dream job is today. So, I mean, obviously ah. I have a dream job, but my dream job, if I would not work for HV Capital, of course, I would definitely <laughs> like to run a culinary school for kids and teach oh, them everything nice. about healthy nutrition. Yes, I'm kind of doing this, but I only have one kid. So it's a very small culinary school at my house. <laughs> Private school. Yeah, but full-time job, right, also. <laughs> Cool. And then uh, Florian, could you make an introduction of yourself? Yeah, thank you very much uh, for having me. Um, I'm Florian, uh, one of the co-founders and uh, on paper at least uh, CEO of Sortify, a Luxembourg-based uh, company focusing bringing natural language processing. So the big trend everybody's talking about since ChatGPT and um, human experience management or HR together, uh, doing this now for uh, four and a half years. So uh, quite happy about the development that is going on at the moment. Uh, saves us a lot of time explaining what generative AI and natural language processing is. And um, now in the field for HR and um, uh, mostly organizational development, in consulting for more than 10 years and uh, besides Sortify. Very often in Potsdam, uh, there uh, in this context, I met Anna the first time at Winho as a guest lecturer, uh, since I'm there as a professor for digital HR and leadership. So that is bringing both worlds together. And uh, in the end, we with Sortify, we provide companies with uh, solutions to yeah, find the right, not find, but select and develop uh, the right people, uh, detect maybe um, psychological aspects that you don't see in a classical assessment center, setting up high performance teams, um, analyzing organizational culture, everything with text-based and NLP term. Nice. Cool, exciting. Uh, with Florian, I already went super deep into the theory as well. And, and Anna has lots of examples from the ventures that she works with. So it's a nice combination uh, of uh, panelists here. So let's kick off with the first question. How can talent and people leaders use AI in their hiring? Uh, what first comes to mind, Anna? Oh God, I think there's some practical things where specifically recruiters, I'm, I'm going to start there with recruiters as in like the beginning of the value chain is 
we are not hired to be the best content creators or writing up good texts, right? So this is a, and obviously uh, ChatGPT, for example, to just use that as a as a placeholder for all those tools that will come up. Also, writing up job descriptions, email templates. I can revise um, all the candidate experience in our ATS, for example, with the help of where it's deliberately generic. Also, right, rejections doesn't don't have or should not be very specific sometimes so i think those things where writing up long stuff paragraphs even is an obvious one i think at the same time i have tested it and i think that others will be starting to use it also for figuring out what specific jobs are and thereby also how i can select talent for it very baseline i shouldn't rely on it fully but for example if i'm a recruiter and I need to hire my first DevOps person. I've never done this. I have no idea what DevOps is. Probably my hiring manager will not give me a full briefing. I can use it to research more about a role and maybe also about qualifications and maybe also employers where this person might currently work or locations or thinking about um, selection criteria and questions I could use to filter talent. Those kind of things are probably also very useful in the day-to-day -day routines of a recruiter. So it's easier to expand your knowledge about different job families that you might be less familiar with. Um, so it can kind of speed fast things that you have to research otherwise. I think it also might make sense for some other aspects generally in HR, where we think about what are the good best practices or benchmarks. I would not... I would not recommend using them one-on-one. -on -one. So for example, for sure, can you use ChatGPT to write up a diversity policy? Is this the best way to come up with a diversity policy? Probably not, but you can probably come up with it with a very good structure or outline of one. So you can say, what are the things that I should consider? So sometimes the way that I use it, but also I think others will be using it too, is to sanity check the work that we're doing. We must not forget HR folks, for example, in startups are mostly them, the only expert in the room. So if I'm a VP people of a startup, there is no other VP people and there's probably other people who don't care as much about people topics or are knowledgeable to sanity check my work products. So if I've come up with a good strategy concept piece of work, sometimes it makes sense to use this as a proxy for a peer that I would probably go to in person and ask, have I ever looked something? So for example, if you're driven by a FOMO, if you want to have another pair of eyes, sometimes it makes sense to probably poke around your ideas doesn't mean you should ship them and doesn't mean you should just copy paste it. You, we all shouldn't be lazy artists because of the existence of AI, but I think it's good to have someone as a sounding board, something as a sounding board. Yeah, so you say it's a proxy, right, for the uh, peer you would normally go to, because how would um, um, people on talent years do that like 10 years ago, for instance, when there were not these kind yeah. of tools or not Google, not optimized. Okay, yeah, so you replace I mean, like that conversation that you have with a mentor uh, with uh, the chat GPT. You shouldn't also be totally antisocial, not talk to people, right? You should also do this. But sometimes it's probably better to be prepared for those conversations. I mean, obviously, in the last 23 years, I've lived without AI, and I kind of did well, I think, at some point. And I would use other people. Uh, I would just ask mm -hmm. them, so, like, is my concept shit? Is this something that is, I have a, I'm driven by FOMO that I've missed out on things? Have I overlooked mm -hmm. something? Because when I ship it, I want to get it right. Some of those things that HR leaders work on are very sensitive to the organization. They do affect the people. You want to be sure that you've looked at it all from all angles. So obviously you want to show it to a lot of people that are involved from different perspectives. And ChatGPT would be probably one source to also look at it. HR leaders also build on a lot of things that are very universal across companies, teams and industries, and even stages of companies. 
So obviously a lot of the things that we're doing are deliberately a bit best practice approaches. We don't have to reinvent the wheel. We don't have to be super creative with a lot of things. We just need to get them really, really right. But I'm going to stop you because I'm quite sure Florian wants to chip in. Uh, yes, quite interesting a perspective because uh, I expected something different. Um, it, I would say if if we ask the questions uh, before ChatGPT, maybe it's different. Yeah? So that's what you said. Yeah, and um, what and it shows that it will be kind of more used, uh, kind of sparings partner, etc. Yeah, and and uh, getting creating yeah gener uh, generative AI use. Yeah? What I see most is uh, where it's used now is more on the let's say operational data processing. Yeah. Uh, we can uh, we can screen CVs, we can source for talents, etc. Using this pre-filter and, and all these points. Yeah, what I see the the biggest advantage um, is um, using it in, in in the sense of um, creating, generating, analyzing uh, more experienced data because. <clears throat> That is what what uh, very much matters when we when we want to get people on board and keep them on board that they have a good experience uh, with us. Yeah, and um, their AI has a big opportunity. So, for example, we use our technology or provide companies with our technology to um, we say uh, make make active listen scalable. Yeah, so mm -hmm. to give people the chance to express them in their own words, yeah? ask them, okay, what's what do you like about uh, the job? What are your expectations? Um, also using it for 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 analyzing, for example, um, uh, a cultural fit, etc. So really, then then talking to people because that is what what we see. What what in the end is the is the final filter. Yeah. So there's always in in hiring process an interview. Yeah. And if you if you for example could have more of of uh, uh, let's say interactions with the candidate to get to know them better give them the chance to express and get to know you better so i think there's a huge chance of using ai in a way that is by now way more accepted than maybe one year ago so and that is really um what i see and also in in, in regards of how to how to find the right people yeah so first of all we we have to know what we want to know about a person yeah then we have to find the right methods or the right questions the right tools to figure this out and then in the third part not only asking them but also let them show yeah? and i think there are a lot of gamification tools out there or for example especially when it comes to coding to analyze for example the quality of the code someone is producing etc so that is kind of this this multi-trade multi-method approach what we always uh, refer to yeah? so we want to know different things of a person and sometimes if you have only one person uh, taking care of HR of recruiting, yeah, you can have an interview and maybe have another interview. But we want to have these different traits to be analyzed. And there are plenty of options, plenty of tools where AI can support us to really create this full picture of a person. Now, would you, for example, go for a full assessment center? Would you go for a kind of a task that a person has to do beforehand to analyze the quality, et cetera? And there AI, there are so many tools out there that really create this full picture of this, of this candidate and makes the candidate experience uh, also fun for the person. I just wanted to add on this and second also what Florian also said is a lot of HR topics are decision-making about people, whether mm -hmm. we should hire, promote them, 
uh, what kind of people we should look for and all those things. So it starts also when we look about look at this from a diversity and inclusion angle, we are often logged into a specific type of person that we want to hire for something because it's the only type that we have seen. But we are blind to those that might be looking, we're overlooking talent as much as we overlook other things. I think for decision making, generally, I would be very optimistic, naively hopeful, choose whatever you feel works best for you, that we will be getting better at decision making because AI will give us the humility to understand that we don't know everything. Where before AI, we would probably try to do it ourselves. We would rely on proxies like gut fear or half with things we would know about stuff. We would dare to make a decision because we are so confident. But now AI will probably give us a bit more of a humble approach to like, oh, I really don't know that because that's so much smarter than I would have been. So I think decision-making generally could probably upgrade it if we smartly use AI. And we will talk about the risks that lie in this concept too. But I think generally it might help because when we are very honest, a lot of people are very poor decision makers specifically about other people. But we kind of never discuss this or admit this. We kind of think that, yeah, I'm a manager. I know everything about my talent and my team. Of course, can I figure out who I should promote and whatnot? And that is is a good point. And I am absolutely um, with you. Uh, So um, we always say AI for human decision making. Um, So in the end, the person or there should be a person taking the decision. Yeah, and explain it then later on. And what we see, and that is that is what you mentioned, especially in HR or in recruiting, we see that um, a lot of people that are working in the field um, have, let's say, the the um, the understanding of themselves, or let's say, are so confident that they can maybe assess or analyze other people better than others. Yeah. So and yes, there are tools out there, and yes, you can be kind of trained on this. But in the end, it's a human decision, and the question is: Are we made for really objective uh, decisions? Yeah. And there, I would say AI has a huge benefit where we can ground our decisions more on objective data, on objective results, uh, and come up with better with better decisions. Yeah? So that's the idea. Yeah, for me, a question that now constantly comes to mind, right, is also what Anna, you just said, we need to use it smartly. Um, and you said, maybe we talk about the dangers. And uh, Florian, you said, like, it's, it's better in, in decision making, or at least a person that experience can work with these tools to make the decisions. But but how do we use it smartly? And, and, and what are the downsides of this AI actually um, feeding your decision, which might also result in a wrong decision, right? I think obvious, the obvious elephant in the room is that we shouldn't blindly trust it at the stage of development of what all those tools that are launched now to the public are. I would be very cautious because obviously I'm no expert, unlike Florian, on this topic. But obviously, when it's trained on the wrong data set, it will always come up with the, it's like bullshit and bullshit out. And we don't know how we can filter for it. As much as we, for example, can't filter for fake news really sometimes, uh, if we just blindly trust it and f- forget that we have to come up with our own framework of decision-making, that we have to be applying scrutiny on how we look at this. We have to verify, double-check. The work that we have to do as grown-ups in our society is the work that can't be skipped. If you skip that piece, you will probably be creating a lot of pain to a lot of people when you lose it in HR settings. For example, if I base a promotion or a performance review or any of those things that touch a person in, at work on those on just a tool, uh, as good as they will be, they have their limitations. And if I don't acknowledge that, I will probably also, I think it's a great tool, but it's merely a tool. It's not, I mean, we will probably talk about this. So will it subsidize specific jobs? 
it will be a tool that will be enabling me to do much more work more efficiently, but it will not be taking over my job as a whole and the responsibility I have when I act as an HR leader. Yeah, when you said don't trust the AI tool, right? I think it also, you can also take the question back. So why do we trust certain people to make a decision about that promotion, about that hire? Um, as well, well, I that don't, is but... The... <laughs> so how would I you trust, trust no one. Right? <laughs> no, but you can probably... But it's easier to poke around with the person as in, yeah. I read body language and mimicry. I know about the relationship the person has or the bias that the person has. I have all the story, right? So it's obviously easier for me to spot when someone is biased probably. And then maybe call it out if I can. It depends on the authority mm -hmm. I have in an organization, of course. But I, I, have the, I have the background and the context. I have the full, the full picture. With AI, I, I don't know. Where if there is a bias slightly ingrained, if I'm not cautious, I will overlook it and that will probably feed it. But if you really look very deep into this biases, right, we can also not even trust ourselves. So so where do you then start um, uh, with your judgment, right? Or maybe, Anna, you have a different opinion in, in, in that. Uh... No, I'm, I'm <laughs> so biased to a lot of things, but I'm just very vocal about my biases. So you can ask me about mm -hmm. my biases, I can give you a full list. I've done the soul mm -hmm. searching to know where I am biased and we are all biased in some effects, that's probably the part of being a human being, but it's acting on them or being cognizant about them that makes us a different player when we act responsibly. We can't eliminate them, I feel personally, that we can't eliminate biases, but we can be aware of our individual biases and signatures when it comes to rating people, judging people, or having stereotypes about people. We can spot them and then reframe it, but we can't, I don't think it's possible really, unless you're really, really woke, maybe. But most of the people will be not able to avoid themselves from being biased. The work that you can do is to figure out where you are biased. Yeah, well, interesting. I, I, you, I, now even thinking you need like soul searching for these AI, AIs as well, itself, right? And you need to make sure that they actually have these biases out of their system. And um, a woke AI is definitely something that's going to come up if you look at like uh, the branding of these different AIs. Uh, Florian, I, I'm sure you have uh, quite some stuff to say about this as well. Yeah, it's uh, it's already a lot. Uh, what uh, what people mm. add, <laughs> but uh, I would say, especially the what 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 you mentioned, Anna. Um, that's that's really a big a big point with uh, with these uh, large language models or foundational language models like ChatGPT. Yeah, so they are trained on on let's say very general knowledge that is out there and um, with every data that goes in uh, all the biases go in with this data yeah so uh, when we know that uh, for example wikipedia is written 90% uh, of wikipedia is written by man yeah and you know that uh, most of these models are trained with a lot of wikipedia stuff inside you already have kind of bias who produced the data and what perspective on the world or topics or how people express are represented in this in this in this huge models yeah and especially when it comes to uh, a decision-making tool or a tool that supports you in your decision-making, that's also the, the, the reason uh, why it's so hard to establish, uh, for example, in the field of psychometrics or in, in people analytics tools that are um, that work also with the big corporates yeah so when they send you to mm -hmm. to to the to the uh to the labor council and you have to show okay that is exactly the criteria we are using and their kind of uh, psychological criteria diagnostic criteria that you have to fulfill the classical ones have to fulfill and we are also in this field of explainable ai we have to explain how we come to decisions yeah and then it comes to the point okay how do you train algorithms yeah and there's there's the question it's starts with 
um, when, when, uh, how, how do you differ in your model, for example, when analyzing text, when analyzing speech? In German, you have the different pronouns, male and female. Is it, for example, agnostic of this? Yeah. So does the algorithm immediately spot, okay, that's, that's a woman answering uh, the text question or is it a man? Yeah. Or that we have the so-called inductive bias. Yeah. So um, that means that, that we have to understand or that we have to to understand better what data we fit in if we for example say okay all the data we buy to train our algorithms um, is is in line with the with the micro sensors so that we have represented uh, the same amount of female male diverse answer givers uh, age represented etc so then we assume our algorithm is kind of representing the demographics, for example, for Germany. Yeah? So that is already a bias that we have. Yeah? Um, and the question is, okay, is it good or not? And um, on the other hand, it's one point that is quite clear. It's a machine. Yeah? And it's, it's trained for a specific need. And uh, if, you, if you define the specific need that good, then it outperforms normally every human person, every human being, because it can process so many information at the same time, way complex, etc. And then um, you can come up with more objective results in this field. So because it doesn't matter for the machine, yeah, if it's rainy or snowy or sunny outside, yeah, if uh, the applicant, for example, um, wear a shirt with a cat and your cat died in the morning and you already have kind of ping in your head for yeah or a candidate wears a perfume that uh, that reminds you of a person you like or you don't like or something so we are not made for for objective decisions but there are these these parts within this whole journey that we can make more objective by using technology yeah so for example we, if if someone is male female how old someone is that is not represented in in the results that we provide in this psychological analysis of of people but, but if you go to a classical assessment center there are two to three to four observers observing everything of you yeah i read this morning that ey is running a test doing interviews in the dark yeah so that you that you just listen to the voice of a person where I ask myself, okay, so why are you doing this? So what is the benefit of this? And, and that is quite interesting. So we really have to understand what really matters to measure. Yeah? What are criteria that we, for example, bias criteria or bias risk that we have to reduce? And that means that we have, uh, uh, have to have a, a very deep understanding of psychometrics, of assessments, of HR works uh, within companies, yeah? and then build the tools. And that's okay, it's possible, we play a bit around, and then come up with, with results that are not explainable and that are not uh, reliable, that are not valid, etc. So therefore, it makes sense to combine the technology with the expert knowledge. And then you can build tools that are super helpful on this. I think we should also maybe discuss how candidates will use it, because that just alluded, what you just alluded to, Florian, like should an interview maybe be in text only to have not even a, a specific idiom that people are using? Would I probably refer back to their nationality because of the way that they speak or the region they come from and all the biases that are intrinsically in, inherited in there? But I think we should also consider as an HR leader or recruiter specifically that 
talent has access to those tools too. So they can prepare, prepare better. They can probably come up with better CVs, application letters and whatnot. They can come up with better answers at interviews at some point because they said more well, preparation and other things. So it can be used in a different aspect. And then we will have a hard time spotting where the AI was part of that really amazing answer that this person wrote or the case study that was produced by the candidate or it was actually the candidate producing the outcome. So I think that where we'll be more and more mechanisms and some of them are already debating, are debated where we can figure out how we can track it back to what was AI or what was this person. In any case, it's also helpful for the talent preparing for interviews like where it's selected. Yeah, um, I, yeah, I think that's absolutely. an really interesting danger that you then mentioned there, right? It would mean that we have a certain benchmark that actually goes up because everybody has access to that the AI, if it's like a, a free one offered to, to, to anyone. Um, but then how do you make the differentiation? Would you say that, for instance, live performance become more important in these interviews? So you can prepare a case study, right? But it's about how you present it. It's about like how you uh, deal with the questions, the stakeholders, because your AI tool is not yeah. going to sit with you in the interview. Not yet, at least. Uh, I mean, it's generally a truth that is also not discussed as much that we hire mostly on interview skills mm -hmm. because we hire people not on how good they are at the job that they might be doing, but how well they present, prepare engage, relate, be rhetorically equipped to answer my questions, how structured their thinking is, how they go make eye contact and all those things. So there's a lot of subconscious things happening that will trump over an, a good decision because it's about the likability of the person or the confidence that I see and we prescribe confidence to competence and all those things. And this is utterly wrong. And we should probably also be more cognizant about those things too. So there should be different selection processes that we have to come up in the future where we see mm -hmm. actual work results in life. And we also, by the way, have to rethink how we judge people because obviously the CV is a, is a dead item. Um, the application letter has long gone before, hopefully for most organizations these days. So we need to figure out how we can come up with good decision-making. I think this is also where Florian, uh, with, with you being an entrepreneur in that space, we'll come up with smarter solutions and how we figure out what we need in our companies, what skills we, we lack and want to hire for, and how we can figure out that the person that we are interviewing has these skills and that it's a match also culturally from the personality of the people that this person will work with closely and a lot of things. Um, we're still very outdated when it comes to more selection processes. And I hope that the Zeitgeist with AI will help us to rethink those, but it will take some very disruptive and innovative HR leaders to probably do this specifically in large organizations. Yeah, cool. What do you think, Florian? Yeah, some already do and uh, <laughs> be more disruptive. And that is what, what you said, Anna, that is, um, I think uh, in HR has really the huge chance to, to make processes in this way more fair that, um, I said this multi-trade, multi-method. Yeah, we want to know different things, and um, and if you if you are very good in presenting yourself uh, and uh, being convincing in in the interview, etc., so it increases your chance unlimited. Yeah, so and um, and that is something where 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 we absolutely believe that this, there is really a huge opportunity in uh, using technology, using uh, AI in this field to make really better decisions, to really figure out and, and maybe help the people also learn more about themselves on this journey. Yeah? And what we're mm -hmm. discussing about the situation uh, that we can select. Yeah? And uh, lucky, lucky both of us that we are in decisions that we can select between candidates. But there are a lot of companies that's, um, that really fight for getting at least some 
candidates for these positions. Yeah? And um, then the question is, um, you cannot select that hard. So um, how could AI help you when you when you maybe have not the perfect match, the perfect fit for this mm. position? Um, yeah, and, and I think that brings it back to like um, um, the machine, giving a machine like one task, right? So they, they won't be going outside of what you actually tell them to do. So it's also this sort of broader uh, aspect that we need to create. You can argue to a certain extent that people are also working like machines with all our biases and, and the tests that we make up in our own head uh, as well. But Florian, I don't really um, hear your opinion in, in this all, right? You, you, you described like how, how we can actually um, work with these AIs and how it can... Um, um, yeah, benefit like the this joint decision making between people and AI as well. And what do you what what are you really excited about on this part? And, and what do you also think is like uh, a danger to to uh, that? A danger, I would say, a, a risk is there when when now having really these um, um, open open tools um, out there that everyone can use, uh, that it's used without kind of critical thinking so what results mm. are produced where what is it based on and i'm very very um uh, sometimes a bit surprised for example where we work with companies yeah so the whole processes with gdpr data protection etc so how long does it take to enter big corporates yeah and then on the other hand seeing companies now um sending every kind of company date uh, to to chat gpt to do something with it yeah without any concerns of data uh, and um, especially with the upcoming uh, uh, european ai act um, a, a use of ai in uh, in hr will be one of the hardest regulated um, um, parts yeah? so you really have to think of the whole uh, ethical use of ai the whole uh, GDPR conform use, explainable AI, etc. So that, that will be a point where we definitely would see a shift yeah? and uh, that will also make it somehow harder, for example, for non-European companies to enter this market. Uh, so good for for uh, for Anna and HV Capital uh, with focus <laughs> on European uh, companies. Um, and um, I'm, I'm super excited the power uh, that we see. And um, when, when we started with Sortify, we said, okay, we, we want to build a tool that is able to, that was a working title, yeah? And uh, it's kind of part of our culture now that we say, okay, create as well free environments. Yeah? So is there a chance to kind of detect kind of uh, traits that correlate, for example, with integrity or that with kind of toxic behavior? Yeah? Because we see in a lot of positions in companies, we don't have the right people, we would say. Yeah, so mm -hmm. um, and um, and especially when it comes to we now crunched uh, the whole thing for great place to work with almost uh, half a million of, of survey results. Um, and we see the point what what keeps people attracted in companies, what what they really want, what makes them satisfied and committed is kind of uh, really appreciation of their work. Um, you have all the hygienic factors like salary, etc. Yeah, but if you want them to to live this organizational citizenship as it is called yeah so be a good citizen in the organization and go also for the extra mile etc you need these things uh, these super soft factors and still number one and it's not surprising yeah 
it's that people leave the companies because of their direct leaders, their direct managers. Uh, and that is where we, where we ref, very often see in promotion processes that there's the same stereotype, the same structure, there's this correlation between narcissism and leadership effectiveness and blah, blah, blah. Um, and that is something what is, what is super hard to detect and super hard to spot. Yeah? And when, uh, when we first started, we did this for some investment companies because they said that it's big risk when we invest in people in companies with this with these people in the in the management board yeah so and it was the first uh, first thing what we built for them yeah and then we saw okay um it really works yeah um when we got the first feedbacks the first proof of concept etc and and seeing what this technology is able to you to do yeah and that is what we see now with chat gpt why is everyone so excited you type something in and you get immediately a kind of smart result yeah and that is what, what fascinates people and where I believe that we are really at a tipping point. It's kind of an iPhone moment where uh, NLP and generative AI is, uh, is um, really spreading. Yeah? And everybody wants to be part of it, wants to use it. And a lot of companies are very good in this already. And um, the question is really um, do it in an in a ethical, correct way, do it in an explainable way and do it in a way that it's really GDPR conform. Otherwise, um, companies will have a lot of stress with this. Yeah. Nice. I really like this uh, being available to, to the masses by it, right? So it also makes our understanding and also um, the way that we deal with, with AI a lot easier that we now all play around with ChatGPT, just asking them stuff about our holidays or about the stuff we need to write or maybe that job application that you're in. As well, so that really raises the level of like how um, the masses know how to use it. So that also needs to raise uh, the level of like what these companies and startups are offering. I think it's a great time to build an AI startup uh, at the moment, and uh, ChatGPT is definitely helping with that uh, as well. Um, we totally drifted off of the questions because I think we yeah, but we covered most of it as well. So how is uh, AI making our judgment worse uh, because of bias? I think we did uh, cover that question in, in two of your answers already. So I would love to to jump to like this last question and then also have some room left for uh, for the Q and A. Um, and that is when will AI be sort of standardized in the hiring processes, meaning that it's it's common sense and that to use it in your hiring process what would these like what, what would this adaption period be like is that years is that months that we're talking about um and and, and how would you see this involvement going maybe anna you want to start yeah sure i would hope it starts quite the adoption is quite a short one because as we already alluded to i think there's a lot of things that we can build on specifically in hr obviously also in other functions in in other companies and obviously if we have the skills in house to use them smartly, to select them smartly, to make sure that the applications run the way that we want them to run and all those things. So given that we are conscious buyers and decision makers when it comes to implementing them and selecting them and the, that the quality of AI is what we want them to be, I think it is, I would be flabbergasted if I don't see a lot of companies using it because it just makes so much sense. As I said, it takes out some human error in some decisions that are very crucial. And if that is really doable and we really we can we can trust the AI that it's what it should be doing, then yes, I don't think that it should be not used. Um, because also I think that people will understand where an AI created fairness in a process because the talent will understand where AI was part of a decision and thereby also trust more in those systems because they know it's not my individual relationship with my boss that made me got the made me um 
get the promotion, it was a factual decision based on my performance. And so is everyone of my peers treated. So I think mm-hmm. talent will come to appreciate the application, the smart, and as I said, the, the, the smart and wise application of AI. Because it will take out that human error, that bad manager moment, that Zoom call gone bad, all those things were probably a bit more mitigated at some point where it's really existential. Mm -hmm. So maybe talent would choose employers or corporates where they see there's a smart use of AI and thereby more fairness. Mm. We all are social animals that we, we, Florian said it, we love affirmation. We need social connection. Fairness is is also a very core human need. We want to be treated fairly and we also kind of want people around us to be treated fairly, most of us at least. So I think if we are in a company where fairness is a prime core value and thereby AI is used at the right moments, it will help me go that way and not go to the company where you have to be a white male confident man from a specific university to progress. Yeah. Just making up examples. I'm not saying... Yeah, just, just depending making up. on how the AI is trained as well, right? Because then you go also back in those biases. Because um, I think it's only right. Exactly. And I really like the idea that you that you can say it, it's all on, that given. Um, yeah, it makes you look good when you actually have a tool like that. Um, and and I think this adaption to to the standardization of AI in processes can actually go a bit quicker with the current market situation as well, right? Companies doing layoffs, companies hiring again. We need to be very um, resourceful in our TA functions, because these are the functions that are first laid off and also first hired again when everything goes well. And if we can um, not replace these jobs, but at least make the jobs more impactful and and efficient and actually raise the quality of talent that we hire through um, implementing those tools, um, then yeah, you can see that the the current market um, is also driving uh, driving that. Uh, Florian, what is your take on um, the adaptation of this? Um, First, I, I hope and I'm convinced that it will be fast. Yeah. Um, so also from our experience, if a company wants to use this technology, no matter what size it is, even if it's a DAX company, um, it can be super fast. Normally it takes ages to go through all these processes, etc. But if they want something in place, then all the companies can be fast. So that makes me very optimistic. And also all the experience we gained yeah, uh, using this technology, getting the feedback, oh, okay, that delivered or that, that gave us information, insights we, we, we didn't, uh, we didn't uh, check before or additional information. And also from the candidate side yeah, saying, hey, there was, uh, there was kind of fun for me to do it. And also um, that I had a kind of added value. Yeah? And I think that is when, when we talk about hiring processes, we have to make it also attractive for candidates yeah, to apply and uh, by, by use of this technology. Yeah? So it's on a, uh, also super cost efficient to give kind of benefits yeah, uh, doing, mm. doing a process. For example, one of our clients is it's a Swiss bank. They say, okay, everybody who's applying for a traineeship will get a full analysis, a personality analysis plus a debriefing. Yeah. So to be attractive for talents, yeah, and to see how the number of, of, of candidates increased, yeah, because people are start talking about it. Yeah. So and that is really where I see uh, there's a huge chance um, also on a cost efficient side um, to, to create a really experience for candidates. Yeah. And on the same side, when we talk about standardization, um, we are in HR, yeah, and uh, in HR, <laughs> there is a lot of 
especially in German, yeah, it's uh, the, the whole law system around HR. Yeah, it's uh, you always try to avoid making mistakes. Yeah in HR because there are, let's say, a lot of gray zones, what to do, what not to do, etc. And there we see, I'm, I'm a bit afraid about hyper-regulation in this field. Yeah. On the mm. other side, I would say that really um, leads to, to some uh, providers that really deliver the quality um, that really help companies later on. Yeah. So, what do you mean with hyper-regulation? Yeah, so as I said, there will be the EU AI Act. Um, we're discussing that uh, beside um, medicine, health, then we have finance, we have law, and also HR is one of the big pillars yeah, where we have to be very, there's, there's this different risk categories. Yeah? So um, where AI will be kind of declared as high risk or medium risk, low risk, mm. et cetera. And um, because of the impact yeah, later on, um, and there I see um, uh, the way for a lot of companies super hard uh, when we see, for example, in, in assessing or, or working with, with personal data, yeah, um, that is, it's not that easy yeah, to really uh, build a, a tool that fulfills all the criteria um, and makes use of the power of this technology. Yeah, so that is something uh, where I see it's, it, it can be a challenge. Um, uh, on, on the other hand, if you are in this field and, and be prepared, then it might be an unfair disadvantage, how you would say. Just quickly, I think we should be very transparent when we use AI for human decision support, yep. that we flag this to the people involved, as in this job ad has been pre-written by AI because we want to make sure that we get it right. Or this rejection letter has been written by AI, thereby it's genetic, but this is the best way we have done it. Those kind of things. I think we should be very outspoken where we use AI so people understand that there is an, an or the ambition to be very fair in some processes, but it's probably also not perfect. Yeah, is, is the law um, uh, around also privacy and stuff, is it protecting us or holding us back? Uh, you would say, Florian, I know you... So it's, it's, the law is not in place now, yeah, but there is this, this mm. very long document written, uh, and also we see it also in the US, uh, that they have this kind of ethical AI use, um, so the tendency also goes in this way. If you're interested, a little add on this, tomorrow we will have a session, especially on this whole ChatGPT and also regulation topics, yeah. And then where we, uh, I would say it's that's a discussion. Yeah, regulation normally leads to slow down innovation. On the other hand, it makes um, makes innovation some sometimes a bit more stable and robust. Yeah, mm. uh, we see it now in the fintech and the whole uh, crypto uh, industry. Um, where we have this this whole regulation going on, yeah, and um, yeah, some will not survive and others will fit in and uh, then the market is bigger for them. Yeah? So uh, to be clear, I'm not a fan of regulation. We should, um, we should uh, is, let's say, create more uh, uh, a general mindset or uh, a general uh, values like uh, making uh, ethical, correct use of these technologies. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, that's the, the whole redlining, digital redlining. So you live in this neighborhood, uh, you are screened, and then you don't get the credit for buying a house or something like this. Yeah, that's what we see in the US at the moment. And the, the big discrimination, and that is an ethical, not correct way to use this technology. And, um, and that is, I would say, the most important 
important as, as Anna said, um, being transparent on, on uh, what is what is done with your data. What, why do we why do we analyze you, for example, with this with this tool? Yeah, and uh, also share the results with the with the candidates afterwards. That the person has kind of idea. Okay, what what is the outcome of what I did here? Uh, so that is kind of an ethical correct. Um, behavior that is somehow also reflected um, in, in, in different laws already uh, but it, it's kind of the, the, the your attitude yeah so how do you how yeah. do you want to develop this this technology yeah interesting there's so many forces and so many directions we can go in with this conversation um, I want to use <laughs> the Q&A's as well to 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 guide it uh, to certain topics um, Akil is asking um, how can a company start having AI introduced in their current recruitment process so where after all this talk also and all these tools are there, where do you do you start with, with using it? What is some personal advice that you would give? Oh God, I think this could be so many for it depends on what your recruiting process is because there's different recruiting processes. I always try to map them out by, do you have a volume recruiting thing going on where you have a lot of jobs or maybe a lot of openings and you need to act really low touch with a lot of talent? Or do you have very complex, low on volume, but high on complexity? jobs because I think there's different applications for example mm. if you are more in the realm of I just have a lot of jobs that I need to fill and most of the talent looks a bit similar thereby obviously sifting through them smartly with knocking them out because of some selection criteria and tools that I have come up with that I've obviously verified and checked for because obviously AI as it's new a lot of backed actress in the field too um, and be cognizant about where you're going it's probably helpful checking for specific skills that are ultimately very much needed in the complexity world where, let's say, the data scientist, I'm only hiring this once in every couple of years. I have no idea what the data scientist looks like, how I can right-size a talent, how I can assess a talent in front of me even. Obviously, doing the research and building out skills to be a better decision maker is something that I would use. So I think it's different approaches. Yeah. As I said, but there's, a yeah, lot really of, like I mean, there's no, limit, no limitations to human stupidity. So you probably should really figure out as Florian rightfully said, is what am I trying to achieve? And reverse back engine, reverse engineer where you what you want to get and figure out if AI can be part of that process and where it should sit. Yeah, I do have done some because I, I like I like that approach a lot. First, know what your problem is before you're gonna implement a solution like that, right? Um, and 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 you you mentioned Chad. DBT as your your buddy to brainstorm with and to like maybe uh, my best friend help you on off days. Yeah, you dear dear chat DBT. I think that's the way you write to to it, right? And um, what are other tools you would recommend? Do you have any AI tools that you're using um, in recruiting or see your ventures using uh, in recruiting? I I do think that there are some tools who probably have parts of it, but I don't think that until chat GPT has arrived and had all this media attention and everyone's like, oh, it's finally there because it was feeling that I was feeling that a lot of people were kind of waiting for it, but there were tools that have, I mean, AI is a very generic term because you can label all kinds of products that include AI. There are some ATS tools already and have been on the market where parts of it was presumably AI, but no, no one has really verified it. So some ATS tools are very smart and maybe also AI driven mm. to some extent. I think that what also Florian said and resonated with is the smartphone, iPhone moment now. I think this is where the infancy is done and the maturity will arrive. The adolescence in between where it's a bit painful, but there is a new era that we enter where it's fully AI driven to some extent and not like pieces of it will be done with some AI. 
Well, I like it. And uh, maybe to move on to the next question, I think, Florian, you touched on it already, but I really like uh, the question. How can we attract passive candidates with AI? Uh, you mentioned like um, filtering out candidates and finding candidates, right? So how can AI be helpful in attracting passive candidates? Uh, many recruiters are uh, very curious about this answer. Yeah. The point is, um, I would say the, the, the problem that we solve is not solved by the AI. Uh, so the question is, why don't people not applying for this job? Uh, mm. I, I, I would say um, you have to solve this problem first. Um, to make the job also attractive to apply for. Yeah? So if, if no one applies for a job, that's a sign. Yeah? So, and, um, and yes, you can. AI can maybe there are plenty you companies with getting a job to the right person. I, I'm not sure. I'd say I, there's, no, but there's two use cases that are so obvious. One is, where is the talent that I need? And like, for example, transferable skills. So for, if you're a direct search, active sourcing per department in your recruitment, if you're sourcing talent on, for example, LinkedIn, LinkedIn so wide and far, you can probably not know where to start, but AI can probably help you direct to the right side of the talent, right? So what employers employ people that can do this in my geography or what titles has a person that is you doing this or what transferable skills could I consider to fill a role where I probably look at the non-obvious talent. So I think there is some ways now, Florian. Yeah, so that's, I would say that is the, the point when you are, or when you reach the point, no one is applying for a job. Yeah? I'm absolutely with you. There, there are a lot of companies out there where let's say HR is done, let's say on the way, or someone is doing job postings, AI, uh, HR, et cetera. Yeah? Um, but I'm still convinced that, um, a lot of jobs are permanent open yeah? and you could rephrase them. You could say we are looking for other talents, et cetera. Um, in the end, it's, it's, I would say, then more a problem of the company uh, uh, itself. Mm. So yeah. um, on the other hand, yes, you can use it for, for, for sourcing, for filtering, et cetera, and, and reach out to, comp uh, to, to candidates. Yeah? But of nice. course, if you're, employer, cool. if you're an employer that is very unattractive or your job's just shit, obviously that won't help. Just knowing that yeah. there would be technically talent that could do the job, but no one's. But maybe it's also figuring out how you can rewrite your employer branding or think about what people say about you. Absolutely. Um, I like that, uh, Florian. You called it augmented intelligence once uh, for for recruiters as well. So, still need to do the job, but it's going to make it a lot easier. And you're going to see a lot more on like um, on insights, but also on like automating parts of your uh, your role there. And I think that's also really an insight in how the role of the recruiter will change. Mm. Um, we have 20 questions in this Q&A. I will definitely be uh, copying these questions and, and uh, uh, furtherly discuss that on our platform. I will try to get a little bit more time from Florian and Anna to answer a few of these pending questions and they will be shared on, uh, on TalkingTalent.com. Uh, for now, I want to uh, thank everybody for joining. Uh, make sure to keep an eye on the webinars that, uh, that we're having coming up as well and make sure to join into TalkingTalent.com to keep on discussing this topic because we can on, go on for hours. Thank you so much, Florian. Thank you so much, Anna, for, for sharing all your thoughts and your experiences uh, as well. Really great to, to hear your insights. And uh, yeah, hopefully we can uh, soon do this uh, again. Um,